Welcome to the Get Inspired with GERD show, brought to you by GERD's Hundle. Join us each week to be inspired, informed and uplifted with some of the most inspirational and motivational guests from around the world. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay inspired. Bonjour and welcome to another show of Get Inspired with GERD's. No, you're not listening to a French show, that's just being being silly. Welcome to the show, and today I have a dear friend of mine who's just absolutely phenomenal. This guy, what he is doing, he's just changing so many lives up and down the country in America, and I just love what he is doing. He's actually a principal on a mission to motivate and inspire others to reach their maximum potential in life. Jonathan Kegler to me is the definition of amazingness. He's turned around two elementary schools in America and has published a book called The Time Is Now. He's also a youth and young adult pastor and the founder of NBT Chat. Talk about being inspirational guys. So let's get him on the show. Jonathan, welcome to my radio show and thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited about this. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Just when we started talking, it was just unbelievable. I knew what you were doing and what you were trying to do and how you're helping people. And that's just beautiful to see. Yes, it's definitely a pleasure to be able to unite with a like-minded person. And as it's simply stated, how can two or more walk together unless they agree? And we instantly agree. So I know this is going <laughs> to be a, an awesome partnership. Bless you, my dear. So can you tell the listeners how you went from being a principal to a speaker? Well, it all started actually when I was coming up and I was always the leader. I found myself always leading others, whether it was sports, church, home, wherever it was, I was always leading. So I would always ask my mom, why me? Why do I always have to be the one to step up and, and do the different things? <laughs> and she would always say, don't ask me, ask why not me? And that was something that definitely resonated with me all the time. When I was in high school, I would get up in front of my team and give empowerment speeches to them before we got ready for our big games. So it was a natural transition for me once I became a coach and a principal for me to actually lead my troops as students or parents, teachers. And then that evolution kind of came when people began to see the different talents, the different uniqueness of my boys, of my message messages. And my method to the madness, kind of. And so they wanted that message to kind of spread. So people began to seek me out. I didn't necessarily seek out speaking, but it kind of came to me. Hmm. Interesting. It's really interesting, though, because I've never heard of a principal being a speaker. That must be, that's really unique itself. Oh, yes. Actually, I have a series of motivational messages from my schools entitled Fired Up Friday. And it actually started, we had, um, I was a principal of a low-performing campus. So I had to come up with different kind of ways to figure out how to motivate or inspire my, you know, stakeholders. And so therefore, I came up with kind of a pep rally on Friday mornings. I would get all of my students in the cafeteria, give them a motivational message, bring my teachers in and rally them up. And then I would combine both groups and give one last fired up message to all of them and it changed the temperament changed the culture and environment instantly on our campus and so it was a natural marriage for me and it's just grown ever since then wow that's just that's unbelievable wow if you can can you give me maybe one example of uh your speeches <laughs> oh yes uh, most definitely it's one that just jumps out to me right now and it was about exponential game changers 
And we had a math night where the parents were able to come in and the students had worked on projects. So every teacher on the campus actually taught math that night. They showed the examples and they worked together. That was a Thursday. So we come back that Friday and I get all the teachers together and I said, you know, when you think about exponents, you think about something that speeds up the process of addition or multiplication. And then I said, you have addition and subtraction. One is adding two, subtraction is taken away. Multiplying is adding two, dividing is taken away. So when we're talking about being exponential game changers, everybody last night sold out for math. So we weren't saying, oh, I'm a reading teacher, I'm a science teacher or a history teacher. We all said we were math teachers. And just think if we could all come together, everybody on one accord, and be exponentially great, what could happen at our campus? After that message, wow. I mean, it, the tears flew. You know, Aww. kids came up running, hugging me. They were excited. And one boy actually came back. He was, he was kind of a troublemaker at times, but he led his group that Friday. The wow. teacher brought him down to the office and said, he needs to talk to you. He came and said, I don't know what it is, Mr. Kegler, but ever since Fired Up Friday, it's like my hair is on fire. And, and when that oh. happened, I knew that it was about change. And that's what I'm all about. It wasn't necessarily about me getting the acclaim. And that's why I said I never sought out to be a speaker. It came to me. But it was about what I could do to help impact others. And if my voice, my gift that I was given, my blessings that I have, if I can share those with others, then that is what I'm here for. That's my calling. Wow. That's amazing. It's interesting you saying that, that you decided to take motivation into the school that you were the prince. Well, you are the principal of, and the one before that as well. Do you think that there's a lack of motivation within schools? Uh, of course I do. I, I see it and, and I like to liken it back to a Toys R Us commercial that, that came out <laughs> when I was a younger kid. And it said, I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. And I always keep that in the back of my mind, my youthfulness, my exuberance. And I never want to lose that because once mm. I lose that, then I'm no longer connected to the source. Students need a different way to be reached now. It's the generation now. It's not generation X, Y, or Z, but it's now because they need things instantly. They can do it at a, at a two clicks of a, of a finger on their phone. So we have to be able to keep up with that. And we can't medicate them with their education where we're just giving them a book or a prescription and saying, this is the way you do it. It's always done this way. Mm -hmm. I, I've taken that statement and throw it into a box. And I have a phrase that, that was born out of this. And it's called no box thinking. Mm -hmm. Because I say, we're not going to think outside the box. Because when you do that and it doesn't work, you're forced to go back in the box. And that's conformity. But I say, we're going to burn the box all together. And we're going <laughs> to fail forward. We're, we're never going to stop until we reach our goal. Yes, we may you know, go one route and that may not be the route. We're just going to recalculate it and we're going to keep going forward. And I always challenge each and every person that I'm around to go as hard as they can and go into the point of failure. Mm. Because once you go into that point, then you know you're out of your comfort zone. Mm. And that's when I can truly help you to become as great as you can be. Mm, that's so true. I absolutely agree with you on that. Any time that I failed has helped me to get up and fight even stronger. So I totally understand where you're coming from. And I, I don't know about yourself, but anyone who... Most of the successful people out there have failed so many times. That's why they've become successful. Yes, that's that's a common thread in most stories. The perseverance piece, I think, is key. And we miss that a lot in schools now. Mm. We, we celebrate the 100% passing or the yes. high marks on their scorecard. But we don't talk about the process that they go through. Mm. My son plays sports. 
and he's one of the better ones in sports. So he does really well. But the thing that I talk to him about is not necessarily the points he scores or the things he does, but the effort that he gives, because that can translate to any portion of his life. And, you know, if I can plant one seed in his in his life and his mind, it's I never give up. I always grind and grind and grind and grind beats talent any day of the week because you're willing to go past the point of failure. You're willing to risk it all when that other person just thinks they're talented enough that they can roll out of the bed and do the spelling test or, you know, score all the points. But if you work harder than them, eventually you will pass. It's interesting you say that because I was actually talking to a few teachers the other day and they were saying that your students don't know think um they don't know about challenge anymore. They don't understand challenges yeah. because like you said, it's all about ticking that box. Yes. yes. And, and and it's kind of that microwave philosophy that phenomenon you know when the microwave came out it i think it, it paralyzed a lot of our society in a sense because mm. we no longer took the time to cook or make things it was always something i can throw in quickly two or three minutes and it's done that instant gratification while is is good in some aspects it hurts us in so many others because we're used to things just being given to us mm. and we've lost that sense of work ethic and and you know pull up our bootstraps and really just go to work and get the job done is because it's always just instantly handed to us. So I think that's it's a blessing and a curse with the way that technology is nowadays. Mm. But we as educators, motivators, uh, inspiring the future, we have to teach them those steps to the process. And we can't allow we can't allow them to cheat the process. We have to teach them to embrace the process. Mm. Do you think that's why a lot of young people are going through depression or are wanting to commit suicide because they can't understand challenges because all they've been told is to work quick, quick, quick and achieve success no matter what. Yes. I mean, it's, it's like they get punched in the face and they don't know how to fight back. When, when you're in the fight of your life and, and you're not winning, it's not easy. You're not the golden boy where, you, you know, your record is unblemished. Kind of like that Mike Tyson approach. Mike Tyson was one of the greatest boxers of all time. When he was knocking you out in that first round, it was a wrap. But once boxers figured out how to get him past that first round into the second third fourth fifth round they knew that they had him and they found the chink in his armor kind of like you know <laughs> samson when his hair was cut when they found out his strength and they took his strength away from him he was no longer any good so now it's about how can i impart wisdom into the future generation of you have to fight past when things don't go your way mm. it's not gonna always be easy and if it was easy then everybody could do it but that's what separates the, the good from the, the okay. The okay from the great and then the great from the phenomenal is because it's different levels of sacrifice that people are willing to make. And until you're willing to make the ultimate sacrifice and give up self, you'll never be able to be beneficial to anyone else. Wow. Wow. I have goosebumps at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, my dear, um, I wanted to ask you about you being a youth and young adult pastor. How are you? How do people react to that? <laughs> it's it's something where people began to see the evolution and the change and the work that God was doing in me mm. quicker than almost I saw it. I, I've always been a child of God and knew that he gave me my source. He gave me my gift. He, he is my inspiration, my motivation, my all in all, my everything. And others began to see it very rapidly. And over this past year, it's been a total evolution and shift in the way that he's been working with me and through me. 
And people, I went to a conference and I was speaking. I was telling people about my Fired Up Friday and my interventions and my method. And just everything that I deliver, I always have fire and passion within me. So one of the ladies in the audience said, son, you missed your call in a long time. And I said, no, ma'am, that's where you're wrong. I, I didn't miss my calling because if I miss my calling, then I will be boxed in to one certain style, one certain delivery. I said, I've always been a minister to others. Everybody has a ministry. Now, whether you choose to use it and display it and give back to others, that's on you. But everybody can minister. I don't have to be behind a pulpit. And I think that's one thing that in the religious aspect is going to help me to reach some that are maybe able to others is because I don't have to have a title. Mm. My principles surpass and exude my title any day of the week and twice on Sundays. And so when my principles are what I am built off of and what I'm made off of, I'm able to be a servant to others like none other. And so if we can walk try to be like Jesus, like God, of course, we'll never be able to be perfect like that. But if we can be as close as possible, then we can truly be used for his glory. Wow, that was just what you just said. That was a perfect example of people not believing themselves. The fact that she said that you've missed your calling. You're, you're, everybody's calling is at a different time. We can always turn our, our lives around. Like there's a guy who you probably don't know about. He's actually from the UK. He's 104 mm. years old. He's called Fodja Singh. And he is a, marath a marathon runner at 104 years old. So there are wow. no excuses about when your time is. Exactly. You can do exactly. anything at any age. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and the no box thinking, I think it all kind of comes back around to a biblical story when the burning bush, you know, God used a burning bush to speak. And I think no box thinking is his method of using a box to speak to me as well as to speak to others. Now, it's not just exclusive to education. No box thinking is a total way of life. And I have a book coming out later this year, Christmas 2015. <laughs> um, and it's actually going to be out there to be able to help others to find a way, get past that self-doubt. Mm. that I don't know how to build that perseverance back into a culture and a society to where we can all maximize our potential. Wow. Wow. You're just amazing. You're just absolutely inspirational to me. <laughs> um, so tell me about your first book called The Time Is Now. Okay. So The Time Is Now series actually was born. I, I was at a faculty meeting and I was talking to my staff and Thoughts would go up and down, up and down. So I coined it the yo-yo effect. I said, I'm tired of the yo-yo effect. I quit going to recess because I didn't like playing with toys. You know, I just <laughs> threw any kind of deal I could at them. And so they all kind of started laughing. So I knew I had to take it to another level of seriousness and talk about the accountability piece. My wife had just bought me a nice watch, brand new watch. And so I took it off and I placed it on the table. And I had already told them about the no box sinking principle. I said, I'm now throwing my watch into the box. So whenever you come to me, whenever we're talking about student success, whenever we're talking about your personal success, the time is always now. You never have to ask me what time it is. The time is always now. Consequently, that was two years ago. I haven't put a watch back on my wrist since. And so the, the time is now series actually grew from that. Wow. The volume number one is called Passion Pursuit. And it's talking about going on an all-out passion pursuit to achieve whatever you want to achieve in life. Well, while I'm writing that, my son comes in and is like, Dad, what are you doing? Now, he's eight years old. 
And so I said, I'm writing a book, son. So he went back to his room. He got some notebook paper and he started creating his own book. Wow. So then we actually joined forces wow. in, series, in the second installment of the series. And it's called The Grind is Real. It talks about wow. goal work versus homework. We threw away homework with no box thinking and it became goal work. Give students something specific to help them reach their goal. Not a one size fit all. That could be the same thing in life. You know, girls, what's your goal? What's your goal work? What's going to help you to reach your goal? Not my goal, but your goal. So individualize. So I talked about that with my son, co-authored a book with the eight-year-old and totally blew my mind. My wife was next up on the, on the, on the ladder. She began to write. So volume three is actually called Finding Your Voice. And it's talking about any kind of underdog, number one, and number two, any young lady that they can find their voice and wow. they can have a choice. You know, we've, we've had a lot of record-breaking men in the world and in history. We've had some women, but we need more. And mm. women have so much to offer to the world, oh my especially God. young girls. So we want to plant the seed to them that you can do anything you put your mind to. You don't have to play second fiddle to anyone. And to culminate the series, volume four was called The New Normal. And it chronicled my accepting of my official calling in the ministry last year, uh, December of last year, until my first sermon, which was February the 14th. I went through five to six sermons at that time. And so I was, as I was going through them, I chronicled them. I uh, went deeper into some actual scriptures and I applied them to life and can become the new normal once you accept God as the leader of your life. Wow. Wow. I, I'm blown by the fact that your eight, you co-collaborated with your eight-year-old son. He must be the youngest author out there, right? Man, and so when I go to school the next day, because write something that most people are afraid of, you know, literature is not what it used to be. And so mm, I come back in, and true. after his book is published, I bring in the Kindle version, I bring him on the stage, and I show every kid in the school Aww. that you have an author as a peer. So that Friday afternoon, guess what? I have a line like wrapped around the office of kids trying to show me their writing samples and say, is wow. this good enough? Do you think I can be a published author? Wow. I, I, I wanted to change and God used actually my family in that light for the Time Is Now series mm. to show that there can be a first family of education, uh, a first family of literature. And so we want to do things and allow to be used to do things to help change the total dynamic of how things are. It says plainly that a child will lead them. So we have to raise up a generation of children that can lead us because as adults, we're programmed to think one certain way. And it's very difficult to shift an adult's thinking process, mm -hmm. but young children are shapeable and moldable and their mindset is all day long. So mm -hmm. if we can tap into that, then the future can actually be brighter. And so that's my calling. That's my family's calling. My son has jumped into the race with me. He mm. loves to speak as well now. You know, I, I that's my why. Mm. Getting up every day, staying up late every night, the motivational mixtape, him getting it. And as soon as he heard it, he oh. sent me back. They have what they call dub smash now. <laughs> so he, he created a dub smash. See you at the top. Motivation for the motivated. And wow. I was getting ready actually to speak to a, a crowd of 300 educators wow. in the state of Texas when he did this. This was last week. And so he sent it to me that morning before I got ready to go into the crowd. And it brought me to tears because I have planted something in him that can never be taken away. Mm. And if I die tomorrow, 
I've lived a life where my son knows what he should do and he can carry the leg forward. So the, the legacy of leadership is all over him and it's going to continue. Wow. He's, he's, it's, it sounds like he's found his power from within at such an early age. And that's just beautiful to see, Jonathan, because if only every child in the world had that feeling, my God. Can you imagine the world, how much it would change, how much positive and inspirational people would be and they'd follow their dreams at such an early age rather than older people who haven't followed their dreams conditioning them to think that they have to follow this box, the system that we must get a good job to get a good, you know, we need a good education to get a good job. That kind of mentality would just go out of the window, wouldn't it? Exactly. And when you ask me the question to begin this and when people look at what you, you know, I post inspirational quotes. Uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, lead a, a Twitter chat. You know, I do a lot of things now, which is planting the seeds and laying the foundation for the groundwork for what's to come ahead. But when I said that I didn't seek it out, that's just like the calling. Mm. God qualifies the call. He doesn't call to qualify. He takes you through a process mm. to where he's going to elevate you to. And right. so when you, you know, what if the world could have all kind of students like that's what I'm here for. And that's the next phase. The next step of my life is going out and taking this fired up Friday on the road, taking it to a school near you and showing every student that they have a they have a choice and that they can truly make a difference in the world. And it's by, you know, that perseverance piece, that grinding piece and, and using their language, their verbiage to be able to help them. To use that as ammunition in the world today because they can fight back against the sillies and the racism and the prejudice mm-hmm. that we face by simply saying no and enough is enough. So if I can plant that seed, if I can impart that wisdom, and as my great grandmother always, if you can help one, then your life is worth living. I'm still looking for the one. Hopefully I can find him and something that I say can help that one. But if I can help one, then I know my job is is, is well done. Wow. Yeah! Wow, <laughs> I can see you. In, I can see you in the UK. I can see it. We got. We got to make that happen. The partnership, <laughs> the partnership from across the pond. Is of course, of course, I can see that happening because we need it. You know, in America, I think you guys are a lot more positive. I think in the UK, there's still that skepticism. If you're confident in your own skin, you're seen as arrogant. And we need to change that mindset because a lot of young people are being put down at a young age when they've got so much potential and they just don't even know it. And I can see you just exactly. bringing it out of them and they're just like on fire and just, wow. Yeah, at eight, I still can't believe your son at eight years old, he's written a book, like, wow. Yeah. Wow. And see that, that thing that we have to tell the future generation, don't let people put you into that box of yes. you're cocky or you're arrogant or you're, you know, you're, you're this, you're that. You don't have allow everybody to have a front row seat to your life. Mm-hmm. Everybody doesn't deserve to, to go on along for the ride and the journey that you're going to go on. And as soon as we can get rid of that peer pressure of complacency, I mean, you know, that's the worst thing in the world. Peer pressure of complacency to stay mediocre, mediocre and, and to never reach for that next level. That's the worst thing we could ever do. So if we can burn that box together and, and have the world on fire, mm-hmm. then it, it has to change. Mm-hmm. Well, as well also that we keep putting people into boxes when really we can't put people into boxes because we're all unique for a reason. There's a reason why we're all different. There's a reason why we were put on this world because we all have a gift and we must share that gift with the world. But to, but for some reason, the system doesn't allow us to be free. Yes. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just silly, <laughs> isn't it? 
it's, it's the way it's the way it's set up. That's the way that the world is. They're going to be it, it's all that bell shaped curve. There are going to be some that make it, some in the middle that are deciding if they want to make it or if they mm-hmm. don't want to make it, and then some on the left end. You know, I, I I read this this little saying, little Indian saying to my my staff one day. It was about an old grandfather who had two in two wolves that he said was in within him. And and his grandson came and said, you know, what about the two wolf story? So he said, well, I have a positive wolf and I have a negative wolf. And so the mm-hmm. the grandson was very intrigued in this message, and he said, what uh, what will happen? You know, which one will win? And he said, whichever one I feed. And, and I think that's the same <laughs> thing about that middle of the road person. Mm. Whichever side you feed, whichever side you attract yourself to, whatever you put out, you're going to attract that. So the law of attraction is going to be either good or bad. Which one do you want to be a part of? Mm-hmm. And I think if we can get all of these people out of that middle of the road and get them to stand for something and quit just falling for anything, then the world will be a better place. I mean, everybody is constantly selling something. Mm. They're selling something. But the question is not necessarily what they're selling, but what are you? You know, we, we have to change that perception of of just thinking just at the surface level or very deep into it. You know, think mode is what I call it. We, we got to turn on the exponential version of thinking and change this thing quickly. Mm, very true. Very true. Can you, we're going to have to move on only because I've got so many of the questions I want to ask you. (laughs) (laughs) And I see that you've created something called the NBT Chaps. Tell me more about this. Yes, actually, when I started my first Fired Up Friday, that Sunday, I told my staff, I said, we're going to start a chat that's going to hurt around the world. And they, of course, looked at me and laughed like this guy is off his meds once again. But (laughs) I, I had participating in Twitter and encouraging them to participate in Twitter because it was free professional development in any area or walk of life. It didn't have to be, you know, professional, but it could be. And so I was participating in Twitter chats for about five to six months. And I said, why not have my own chat? Why not have like-minded individuals come to and share different ideas? So this, this game chain of no box thinking can actually spread. It's not good enough to, the concept or the idea of myself, but if I can teach others and have it to spread throughout the world, then the world can become a better place. Mm. So started that all-star weekend and it actually trended above the all-star game. I mean, it was crazy that first night, the amount of people that actually came to MBT chat, I've partners and friends from all over the world, China, Australia, I mean, you name it. There are people that are a part of the MBT chat family. And so it just shares the principles. We talk and discuss basically anything under the sun. And and we talk about how it can be looked at differently through the MBT box lens. And so when we do that, we really challenge the status quo. And I tell them, hey, throw all things to the side. You've already put the disclaimer on your Twitter feed that the thoughts are your own. But let's really get down to the nitty gritty on how we can change things. And it's been a great experience for me. And I hope that it's it's been a great experience for all that participate in it. Unbelievable. That's just amazing. Again, that's another thing that people don't realize as well, is it? That, Jonathan, that we rise together. Yes, we yes. Rise by, oh, sorry, <laughs> we, ri- we rise by rise, uplifting each other. Together, yes, <laughs> Losing my mind here today. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> 
So we are coming towards the end of the show. Um, oh, no. I know. It's, good. it's gone so quick. So how do you motivate yourself on a daily basis? Every morning when I get up, I, I take a, a second. I take a moment to just thank God for giving me another opportunity to go out and be able to help anyone or someone through whatever they're going through. I thank him for allowing me my gift to, to give back to others. And once I do that, I can now start my day. I go and I look in the mirror and I look my in the face and I say, you are great. Don't look for the one anymore to change the world, to change you. You be the one. And when I do that every morning, it programs me and it pushes me to live a life that can model the principles, as I said, not because I'm a type, not because I have a title, but because of the principles that I put forth, that I show and I demonstrate that others can see my walk, that can see the light in me and that they can ask me, you know, what do I need to do to get some of that? So yeah, that that's my main deal. If I can keep God first and I can then look myself in the face and say, you're going to be the best today. And then everything else kind of falls seamlessly into place. Wow. That's a beautiful way to kind of, yeah, I can see that because a lot of people, again, they, they don't really, they don't, how can I put it? They don't actually say nice things about themselves, do they? Exactly. And, and the one thing that people fail to realize, they're like, well, I don't put myself down. I may not do self-affirmation, but I don't put myself down. Well, once again, we're talking about that middle of the road pack, that conformity, that comfort zone. If you're not saying anything, then you're not helping yourself. But just the thought process, and I think that's what um, nobody's thinking really is attacking. Just what you think. You may not say it, but if you just think doubt, then it's going to happen. You have to speak life into your situation no matter what. Always speaking that positive and saying, you know, stop looking for the one and start being the one. You can just start there. You don't have to say any prayers. You don't have to do any of those other things that I say. But if you'll wake up every morning and you'll say, stop looking for the one, start being the one. Before you go to bed every night, if you'll say, stop looking for the one, start being the one, your game will totally shift and change dramatically. Wow. I love that. I love that tip. That's amazing. I actually am going to ask you, what are your five top tips for anyone who's lacking motivation in their life at the moment? My five top tips would be to get you an accountability partner, number one. Because hold yourself accountable. But if you'll get you an accountability partner, I read a book by one of the people that really have inspired a, a large shift and change in me is Dr. Eric Thomas now. But it's a secret. And he talked about lemon squeezes where him and other like-minded individuals get together and they just call each other out on good, bad, or ugly. And it helped them to be able to change what was going on inside of them. They didn't take it personal. So finding someone that can hold you accountable, one. Number two, finding a passion and going all in to pursue it. Whatever your passion, religion, education, you know, relationship, whatever your passion is, finding a passion and pursuing it. And number three, to, to keep the motivation going, that self-affirmation and getting up every day and going to bed every night saying, don't look for the one, be the one, I think totally changes your mindset. And then I would go into number four. You, you have to be willing to stand for something. Many times we, we accept whatever someone gives us, whatever is out there, and, and we accept all the researches of the past. Don't get me wrong. 
I love them. Everything that they've taught, I try to apply and use. But I'm trying to inspire and motivate a total new generation of Albert Einstein, you know, uh, George mm -hmm. Washington Carvers, all, all those who created things in the trying to create a new system and a new generation of those. Mm -hmm. And finally, at the end of the day, this is for me, as for me and my house. You have to give God the glory. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not about you. And I think so many times we get caught up into thinking, man, I'm so deep, or I did a good job at this, a good job at that. My, my spiritual father, Pastor Emmy Lyons, said one thing that really stuck out to me in my training when I was getting ready to um, give my first sermon. And he said, never take the credit for what you do because it's not you. It's mm. the God in you. So before I any sermon, before I preach to anybody, I always say, let them hear Jesus and not Jonathan. Let them see Jesus and not Jonathan. And if they can do that, if I can do anything to get someone to change their life and say, what can they do? Then my life was worth living. So thank you so much. Wow. Wow. I'm definitely going to apply those and I'll let you know as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're amazing. Accountability partners. We, we're natural now. We got it. Gotta exactly. <laughs> Exactly. It's so true. I agree with you with all those five top tips. You're so right. It is about, I definitely agree mostly with the accountability and also about the motivation. Because if you don't motivate yourself, nobody can help you. Nobody can get you through that darkness. Only you are responsible for it. You can get yourself out of it once you believe. It's it's so possible. Um, but again, a lot of people like to blame others for their situations and their scenarios. They don't want to look at that. They need to look within themselves and they need to motivate themselves to become the best and to be exactly. a better version of themselves. Last two questions. <laughs> Can I ask you, who is your biggest inspiration? I would have to say God. Mm. God, is, God is my all in all, my everything. And the reason why I say that is because each and every individual person-wise has been placed into my life by him in different seasons for different reasons. No one person has remained constant throughout my entire life, but he has always been there. He's never left my side. So I would have to say he is my number one inspiration. 9-11 hit, and you know it was a tragic thing in the United States of America. Mm. And during 9-11, I had just graduated the year before, and I was at, I had went to college. I had a college scholar, and I actually came home because my home situation was not settled like it had been for all 18 years of my life. My, my family split up. I had a divorce and it just, you know, my mom and dad split. So it really messed with my head. Well, I'm at home on my aunt's couch, sleeping on the couch, 9-11. And I roll over and I see planes going into the Twin Towers. Wow. And at that point, I knew you have to stop letting the world happen to you. And you have to start happening to the world. You are more than a conqueror. God didn't place you on this earth to just sit here and just waste away. You have too many talents and too many gifts. You got to get up and do and I think that was a game-changing moment for me. Not necessarily the planes going in, but just realizing myself that, hey, you've hit a 9-11. Everybody up and rock-bottom situations in our life. And if you haven't had it yet, like my great-grandmother would also say, keep on living because you'll get there eventually. But when you hit rock-bottom and realize nowhere to go but up, that's a great situation because now you really have to rely on God. And I think that different people were taken out of my life so I could really truly focus on him. And once I gave it all over to him, it's been no stopping me ever since then. Wow. Wow. That's that's beautiful. That's wow. Yeah. I agree with you on the 9-11 thing. It just makes you realize that life is too short. You just got to do yeah. what you love. End of. And 
whatever your gift is, just go out and just do it because you never know when your time is coming. Tomorrow is not promised. And so through, through this blessed union as well with you, once this gets on the radio, now I have something that can be left to future generations. Mm. All the things that I said or done that didn't get on tape, didn't re get recorded, they may never surface. But now me and you have put an imprint, stamped it on the world, and we'll be able to both leave an imprint and hopefully a lasting legacy that others can follow. Oh, we will. I know that for a fact. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's the universe telling me that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and lastly, where can the listeners find you? Well, they can find me on Facebook at Jonathan Kegler, Instagram, Coach Kegler, Twitter at Jonathan Kegler, and then I actually have a .com. It's www.jonathankegler.com. And it's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-K-E-G-L-E-R.com. On the site website, you will actually find uh, some of my Fired Up Friday clips. You'll find links to order. Time is now. It's all four volumes. And then as soon as the... No Box Thinking is released. I'll have it available on the website where you can order directly from me. They, I have the link set up for the Motivation for the Motivated mixtape that you and I are on, Sean Bracey's uh, mm -hmm. crazy idea that he had. This is going to totally change the game. Mm -hmm. I have links there. And I also have contact information where they can reach out to me and I can come to them and set up a changing moment for their organization. It could be school, religion, family, I mean, you name it, family reunions. Um, I can come help you there too. So um, <laughs> I'm definitely available and I'm looking forward to being able to go out and help others. Amazing. Well, thank you for being on the show, Jonathan. It just, I just, I'm just blown away by everything that you've just said in the last half an hour that we've just talk, talked. It's just unbelievable. I love what you're doing. I can't wait to get you back on the show again. And um, I can't wait to meet you in America as well. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's definitely going to happen. We're, we're going to definitely. It's, I, I've been excited. It's the first time that we talk and we join uh, forces on uh, social media. And I mean, it's been a game changer since then. And that's one thing that I want to say. Social media, so many people give a negative connotation mm. because of how some use it. But just imagine if we didn't have social media, me and you would never met. This conversation mm. would have never been had, and whatever person is affected or helped or changed by this, it, they would have never. So, to me, when used for the right thing, is a great tool to help change the world. Exactly, and that's the way we can get out to even more people than before. So, I absolutely agree with you on that. And yeah, if we didn't, so you're right. If we didn't have a, if we didn't message each other on social media, we would not be here having this interview right now. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. But no, thank you again for um, being on the show. Um, can't wait to have you back on again, and I'll speak to you soon. Take care. All right. Thank you so much. Not a problem. Bye. Wow, what an amazing interview with Jonathan. I just love him and his work and how he he's able to put things in a simplified way for just not even just young people, but also older people as well, because we all need to learn something from Jonathan that we all are powerful. We all have ability to change our lives around and it's okay to believe in ourselves. It doesn't make us cocky. It, it makes us just confident within our own skin. Before I head off, don't forget that you can find me on Twitter at I am Gertz and Facebook at Get in inspired with goods, where I'll be bringing you lots of inspirational and motivational quotes. This week I'd want to leave you with this quote, 
you have the power over your mind, not outside events. Once you realize this, you will find your inner strength. Take care, guys, and I will speak to you soon. Join us each week to be inspired, informed, and uplifted with some of the most inspirational and motivational guests from around the world. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay inspired.